Let's face it, people want to p- pass responsibility off like a hot potato. The reason why you will never go broke if you are a leader is because most people are scared of responsibility. Most people would rather die than take true responsibility. Welcome to the New Wave Entrepreneur, where we dive headfirst into Web 3.0, personal sovereignty, spirituality, and psychology. These conversations are unfiltered access to brilliant minds and actionable advice that will prepare you for the rapidly changing world. So jump in. The water is warm and the tide is rising. Ah, my friends, welcome back to another episode of the New Wave Podcast. Daniel, you guys are checking in with you here. Guess what? It's episode 100. I am so happy and so elated uh, that we've made it to 100 episodes. Did you know it took us five years? Or was it? I think it was four. It was four years to get our first 100 episodes of my original show, The Daniel DiPiazza Show, and uh, that means we were putting out about two episodes a month, which you know it's not. It's not uh, I, well. Really, what it was is we slowed down towards the end. It was more, for a beginning. It was like it was like two or twice a week in the beginning. And then it was like twice a month towards the end. But overall, um, the output was was okay. A hundred episodes of anything is not bad. That was over four years. But then when you look at what we've done recently in the past five months, we put out a hundred episodes. So this is me making my mark. This is me saying I'm back, baby. I'm here. And um, the reason I'm doing a daily show is because most people can't do it. And just to show you that we have. So much stuff to talk about that I couldn't even do it if I was talking about it all day, every day. And I, at some point, we might have a full, real channel here. And I might be doing multiple episodes a day, but I don't know how I'm going to be able to schedule that all in advance. We'll have to figure it out. But uh, I do like answering questions on Saturdays. And today I got a great question. This is one that I've known for. I talk about this stuff a lot. It's all about killing it in your next client meeting. Now, before we get into that, let's talk to you about what you can do to kill it in your life. Make sure you go to newwaveentrepreneur.com where we have all the updates on everything we're doing in the community. You can join the New Wave Discord. You can download our free guides. You can add, our, add yourself to our email list, which gives you all the updates, uh, especially when the platforms get a little weird. You can't see my stuff on Instagram. You can't see my stuff on YouTube. Um, and of course, make sure you subscribe to this channel or to this podcast on whatever channel you're listening to it on Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, all that stuff. Leave a comment, leave a review. It really helps. Every little bit helps. Thank you so much. Now let's get into it. This is from Shannon in Boston. Okay. So Shannon wants to know, uh, hey, Daniel, I have my first meeting next week. I'm a graphic designer and I'm meeting with clients for the first time. I'm really nervous and I'm not really sure how I should run the meeting. What's the best way to go about it and get good results? So this is a really great question. And this is asking a strategy about uh, about graphic design, but I think that this broadly applies mostly to anything that from freelancing or consulting or coaching or owning an agency, anything where you want, anytime where you want to run a productive meeting that positions you well in the eyes of the client. Okay. And really I have this broken down into five steps. And these five steps are the are the the main core elements that you should be focusing on. Now, there's probably a cuter acronym I could come up with because I haven't actually come up with one yet. Maybe after the show, I'll come up with something that rhymes or that has a nice little edge to it. But for now, I'm just going to give you the actual actual bullet points. So there are five key elements that you need to be considering when going into any meeting, any meeting with a client, okay? Why? Because clients are expecting you to deliver for them. And when I was first learning how to do client service businesses, one of the things that one of my mentors told me, and I'll always remember, was you want to under promise and over deliver. Now, what does that mean? 
why would you want to underpromise to someone? Well, it's pretty simple. If you are working on a project for someone, you know that project will take you one week to complete, right? One week to complete. If you tell, if you get excited, a lot, and a lot of times we, we tell our clients something that is impossible for us to do because we want to make sure we get that business. So you know this project will take you one week, but you really want to seal the deal. So you say, all right, I can do it in five days. Now, let's say that you get to just, you start doing that work and you realize, man, I, I can't actually do it in five days. I actually need the whole week. Well, if you go back to them and say, hey, it's actually going to be only a week now, they say, oh, you're going to be late. That sucks. Doesn't feel good to me. Well, if you would have just told them a week in the beginning, which was your actual estimate, they wouldn't feel like you were being late with the project, even though nothing really changed. The amount of time and energy required to finish the project seems like the same amount. It's it's the perception of how much time it takes versus how much you told them. Not only that, but if you know something takes you a week and you say five days, you're cutting your own self, you're cutting your own legs out from under you. If you know something takes you a week and you tell your client it will take you two weeks. Then if you get it done in a week, which you already knew it would take you, you look like a genius because you finished in half the time. And if you finish in five days, you look like Superman, right? So it's all about perception. It's the same project. It might still take you a week, but if you deliver in that week, and, it, and by the way, if you say it takes a week and it actually only takes you a week, you don't get any extra credit because you just deliver it on time. You told them a week. You control their partially their happiness and their satisfaction based on how you set the frame. So that's important for you. So I've done this countless times where I've overpromised, which means I promised too much and then I couldn't deliver it because I was excited and I wanted to get them to say yes. And in my effort to get them to say yes, I fucked myself up by, by promising something I couldn't deliver and it made me look bad. So the, the first thing is just understanding that dynamic. And I will always say something will take me longer. I'll overestimate the resources required. I'm not going to take more money necessarily than I need from them, but I will overestimate their resources or time required. And then if I am able to reduce that, I seem a lot better, you know? So that's the first thing to think about. Now, step number one is preparation. You want to go into the meeting with as much information as possible about who the client is, what their needs are, and what the potential solutions are to their problems. Just like when you're interviewing for a job and you need to understand what questions, because a lot of times the, the employer will ask you, what questions do you have for me? If you're just like, oh, I don't know, that just means you didn't do any research and you should have questions that are relevant so that you can ask them things that you'd want to know as someone working in the company. They're assuming you've already done your research. Well, um, you want to really prepare for any type of client meeting. And I can remember specifically a few client meetings. There was one client meeting um, that I went to in 2014 that resulted in me closing. It was like a, it was like a, I don't remember if it was a $30,000 sale or a $60,000 sale, but it was a big sale. And I went there with basically their entire business model completely dissected on multiple pieces of paper in, in my notebook. And I had diagrams and funnels and I had questions to ask them and an entire setup. And maybe that seems like uh, common sense to you if you've already mastered this. But for me, I was like, oh, I'm really doing something here. And um, and I went with so much preparation that I knew a bit more about their problems than they did in some ways because I'd spent time doing research, whereas they were just busy putting out fires day to day. And that preparation really showed up uh, big time. And you have to understand what their needs are and what the potential solutions are to their problems before you go in so that you can offer solutions to what they're looking for. Remember, this is a client meeting. And maybe you've already talked about this on the phone or in your initial meetings. But still, even if you've already been hired before that initial meeting, make sure you understand what the intention of the meeting is. Because let me tell you something, too. Let me tell you something. 
When you are doing a client meeting, you're the leader, you're the expert. They're looking to you for the advice. They're looking for you to lead the pace. You know, when you're coming to a meeting, talking about what services you're going to provide for them, you need to understand what they need, set the agenda, set the context, and they're looking to you for the answers. If, if uh, you tell them that you, they need X software or this amount of uh, of design, this this amount of you know money to pull off a project or this type of hire, like they're assuming that you're the expert and they're bringing you on because you are supposed to know more than them about whatever it is that they're hiring you for. So assume the role of the expert. Don't defer to them when they're hiring you to defer to you. Does that make sense? A lot of times you will defer to others because let's face it, people want to p- pass responsibility off like a hot potato. The reason why you will never go broke if you are a leader is because most people are scared of responsibility. Most people would rather die than take true responsibility for things that can have a big impact because if it can have a big impact in a positive way, it can also have a big impact in a negative way. And they're scared to touch anything that could have too much, rock the boat in any too many ways, right? So take that leadership position, go in there prepared, and then go in there with number two, which is an agenda. So when I'm going into a business meeting, typically I like to take leadership by setting the agenda or objective for the meeting at the beginning. Take ownership of setting the agenda and and put yourself in the driver's seat and position yourself as the person directing the conversation. You want this. Have bullet points for everything you want to cover. So you go in there and you're saying, hey guys, really happy to have this meeting with you. Have a lot to look forward to. And here's what we're going to go. Boom, 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 boom. Because guess what? Whenever you're doing a presentation, people are always looking for a preview. That's why we look for at the coming attractions for movies. That's why we look at the table of contents in books. It's why we flip through you know outlines before we dive into full research reports. It's like we want to know what the agenda is, what to expect. It gives context. And it helps also be able to understand what you're talking about so that if they zone out for a minute, which everyone zones out, <laughs> newsflash, you zone out too, you might be zoning out listening to this, the observation, or I'm sorry, the, the agenda will help them to get plugged back into where they are uh, in the conversation because you've already mentioned it earlier. So set the agenda. Also, it's good too that if you have like a, a certain meeting time, if you only have 30 minutes or you only have you know X amount of time, that agenda can help you set a pace for how fast you want to go and hit that pace. The third thing you need to have is conversation. So you need to be asking important questions that are going to help you learn more about what the clients need. You need to listen more than you speak to make sure that you really understand the issue the client is having. This is something I learned a lot when I was hosting my show on the Lip TV and uh, my producer, Michael, you know, he took me out to lunch and I said, um, how can I become a better interviewer? And he said, just stop talking over the, <laughs> your subjects, like stop interrupting them when they're having a conversation and um, and watch some really good interviewers like Charlie Rose or or like Larry King and just watch how they interview people and just pick up some notes from them. And one thing I learned is that great, great conversationalists don't talk that much. Great conversationalists let other people talk like you could let someone else talk the whole night. And at the end of the night, they'd say, wow, you're such a good conversationalist. <laughs> and you'd be like, yeah, you were talking the whole time, but I loved it. You know, and if you look at now, this might be controversial, you know, in this day and age, but look at someone like Bill Clinton. He's known historically as one of the great talkers. He can make anyone feel like a 20 year old lifelong friend, you know, and that's because I think he's a great listener. I think that he um, at least appears genuine. He looks people in their eyes and typically him and people like him will remember people's names and they'll remember people's details about them. And that's something I think is really, really effective. Now, I know we're talking about in a business meeting, but we're just talking now about becoming personal in conversation here. Make a note of 
remembering things about people. Remember their names, remember how many kids they have or what the kids' names are, remember a little details about where they went to school. Just remember things. And when you remember that, because they know that you deal with a lot of people, especially if they know that you're busy, they will be floored that you remembered certain aspects of their lives. You know, and and just just store it for later and pull it out when you want to. But but they will be picking up on that in the conversation. And make sure that as the conversation is going, it's it's like a 70-30 balance or an 80-20 balance with mostly them talking and you asking questions that get them to talk more about what it is that they need. Because again, this also isn't a social call. This is you fixing something. So you want to hear from them and listen, listen, listen. So number four, metrics especially in a game that's tied to something like money or business, uh, this is important. You should have a clear idea of um, where the numbers on various you know, platforms or accounts or different types of products or whatever it is you're dealing with are and where you want to go and how you plan to get there. And sometimes your metrics will be wrong, but you still need to be making decisions based on them. You know, when you're going into a client meeting, obviously they want help with something. They want to change something. And usually if it's a business meeting, they want something to happen that's going to reduce, result in more money. They either want to reduce something to increase money or increase something to increase money, but they're looking for you to help them figure that out. They want to make a change that's going to make them ultimately make more money. So make sure you come with numbers. They're certainly going to have theirs. You should have yours. And oftentimes a third party looking at the numbers who's outside the business will maybe see things that they don't see internally or that they haven't wanted to look at. So that's the, the fourth thing, numbers. And the last thing, it's follow-up. And this is so important, okay? Every time you go to a meeting, you should be setting a clear date and time for your next appointment, as well as determining what touch points are to be expected between now and the next meeting. So for instance, this also applies to a sales call, by the way. Whenever you have a sales call, especially, well, if it's a sales call where you know that you're going to need to follow up. So sometimes I'll have a sales call with someone where it's introductory sales call. I'm getting to know you, getting to know for a good fit, seeing what, uh, what might come of us working together. When that's the case, I will know that we need to have a second sales call because they have to work out some things on their end or we have something we need to talk about. But I won't ever get off the phone. I won't ever say, all right, well, we'll figure it out later and I'll call you back. No, I won't get off the phone without setting the next call. I'll say, awesome. And I'll even be totally transparent about it. I'll say, you know, if I was coaching you on sales right now, I would always say, make sure to set up a call before you hang up. I have to follow my own advice. It wouldn't make sense if I didn't. And I always say, all right, when are you free? We'll just set this up now and get it over with. And I always set up that call before I leave because Every time you hang up the phone with someone, especially in a sales context, there's always so many factors that make it, you know, make them not want to follow through with it, not want to pull the trigger, you know, so many different different things to dissuade them. And we don't want that to be a factor. Now, with uh, with client meetings where you've already gotten the client, same thing. But what you want to do is set a regular cadence uh, and something where you can have a regular check-in and whether it's, you know, a couple times a month, during different times during the week or quarterly, whatever it is. But you want that expectation of when your next meeting time is because you're already creating future value, right? And you also want to have some sort of expectation on touch points between where you are now and when that next meeting point is because then you'll be able to then set, all right, well, what do they need to know, uh, you know, between now and next week? What do I need to be looking for? What should I expect? What should the communication flow be? Who should they be talking to on my team versus their team? So you want to have some expectations around when the follow-up is. If you don't have an expectation around the follow-up, then there might not be any clarity on what needs to happen for them to get the result that you need them to get. And that result is dependent, is, is what your next, your rehiring you is dependent on. You need that them to get that result. Because here's the thing, they're hiring you for the results 
And but oftentimes they're the ones standing in the way of getting those results. And partially it's because a lot of times they just are not following through. They're not executing. Most of the time when someone hires you in a business, they already know what they need to do. And you're going in there to tell them to do it. And then you're following up with them to make sure that they do it either from their team or your team is helping them. Just like when you go into the, the doctor or the gym and they say, you need to lose weight. And you're like, yeah, I definitely already knew that I'm uh, 75 pounds overweight. It's not that you didn't know. It's that if you have a doctor and a trainer that are holding you accountable, one is training you and the other one is checking up on your vitals, there's a little bit more uh, transparency around what's happening. You have some accountability and you have some expectations around when the next time this will be checked is. So maybe you'll have some encouragement to actually execute on it. And that's really what this follow-up is here. So just to go through it again, the five key elements of any successful meeting, especially as a freelancer or a consultant or a coach, anywhere where you're dealing with client services is one, preparation. Make sure you're prepared going to the meeting with as much information as possible. Number two, agenda. Make sure you set a schedule where you know roughly how long it's going to take and preview for the clients what's going to happen. Number three, conversation. Make sure to ask important questions and listen more than you speak. Number four, metrics. Understand what the numbers are that are important to them and cater your reports to those things. Number five, follow up. Make sure you set a clear date and time for your next appointment, as well as determining what touch points are to be expected between now and the next meeting. So that is exactly how I would handle a client meeting. And I know when you do that, you will not only be wowing and impressing this client, but also you'll be getting many more clients because a, a little trick here, step number six is once you've done all this well, ask for the referral. That's not part of the meeting. That's just part of the client relationship in general. So I hope that you enjoyed this. Thank you so much, Shannon, for your question. Uh, much love. I'm going to be doing more of these every single Saturday. You can email me, daniel at newwaveentrepreneur.com. You can DM me on Instagram at Daniel DiPiazza. And of course, that's all I got for you today. Make sure you are signed up for the for our email newsletter, which is available at newwaveentrepreneur.com. Make sure you are on our Discord where we are chatting with all of you and, uh, and, and making it happen. And of course, make sure you subscribe to this podcast on whatever platform you're listening to this on. <sighs> My friends, the water is warm. The tide is rising. Everyone jump on in and surf this new wave. Daniel Did you know that this isn't a podcast you're listening to? Okay, let me be more clear. This isn't just a podcast you're listening to. See, by listening to this show, you're actually part of the New Wave community. And because of that, I really want to meet you, IRL, in real life. Wouldn't it be nice to spend some time in a beautiful location, maybe a mansion by the sea with a chef-catered dinner, knowledgeable friends who really want to help you, a cello playing in the background, and you know, an overall great ambiance. Doesn't that sound gorgeous? Well, we just created that at a recent New Wave dinner in LA, and I want you to be part of the next one. See, these dinner experiences are for entrepreneurs, career climbers, and creatives who want to build friendships with each other in real time, in real life, not just spending time chatting on the internet. We want to actually feel each other's presence, and we spend time together uh, bringing our business problems, bringing our half-baked ideas, bringing our creative questions. Then over a, a wonderfully catered meal, we work together as a group to help, help each other untie these knots and dial in our focus. And afterwards, we go and relax. We take a dip in a pool. I always get a place with a pool or a jacuzzi, have some drinks, we do a little bit of partying. And you will leave this experience 
with connections and brand new ideas and budding relationships. And you might even find your next co-founder or your next investor sitting right next to you. But more importantly, you are going to leave with a jumping off point, some momentum to go into this next phase of your life, this next chapter, uh, some new ideas that you didn't have before, something that's been enhanced that you know you have confidence in. Now you're going to build that inner momentum. And that's what's so important. And of course, when you're there, I'm also going to bless you with some new wave merch. If you've been looking at my photos, I'm constantly making new merch and new gear just to show the community that, you know, we got something special going here. So make sure you check out the next new wave dinner experience. Now we're doing these all over the country and potentially all over the world. We did our first one in LA. We're going to be doing them in Austin, New York, Miami, and a few other cities. Plus, most likely we're going to hit the UK or Europe. So make sure you go to newwaveentrepreneur.com to check out all the dates. We'll have them all listed there. And of course, you can uh, you can sign up. There's going to be about 10 to 12 people per location. So this isn't a massive um, conference. This is a 10 to 12 person event. And that means that it's purposely designed for you to meet people, to engage with them, and to have a whole hell of a lot of fun. So make sure you check out newwaveentrepreneur.com to get all the dates and locations for the next one. I, I believe depending on when you're listening to this, the next one is in Austin this summer and it'll be all over the country. So sign up and now let's get to the episode.